Hey everyone, welcome back to the Multidimensional Journey podcast and the Multidimensional Journey YouTube channel. This is your host, Ayahuasca Carr, and today we're going to be talking about what to eat, what to do, all the things with the Ayahuasca Dieta. Uh, last week, I released a video on like how to make it your own and someone posted in the comments, well, what can you eat? And I know I've done a video before, but I felt inspired to make another video, maybe go a little more deep with it. So let's get uh, let's get into it. I'm excited. Before we get started here, um, I wanted to invite you, if you're interested in microdosing the ayahuasca vine in the comfort of your home, check out the link below for the soul vine. It's a beautiful way to work with ayahuasca, just the vine, not the DMT with the chacruna, in a very subtle and soft way. In fact, you can even pair it uh, a microdosing protocol with the ayahuasca diet, which we'll be going over today. I have another video on my channel regarding that if you want to check that out. Um, but let's get into it. So, um, so the ayahuasca dieta. So first and foremost, let's talk about the purpose of it, why it exists, and I'll also add like my own personal like theories around it and, and all of that. So um, traditionally, the ayahuasca dieta is done to really, I mean, it's really about clearing and creating space inside, so we can clearly receive the communication and communicate with, you know, ayahuasca or master plant dietas that we'll be embarking on, whether that's with Boban Sauna, um, whether that's with Marusa, whether that's with Noe Rao. These are very traditional master plant dietas. Um, and the master plant dietas is a very deep process. Um, you can compare it to like a meditation retreat. But in this meditation retreat, um, we're really focusing on the relationship that we have with the plant. Because oftentimes individuals who decide to go on this path they kind of refer to these plants as their allies and their guides. And it's really interesting because um, it's like a very like tangible process that somebody's working through where maybe other processes um, are more etheric, like through imagining or like imagining, um, you know, a higher self or working with guides and that sort of thing. This is very uh, like embodied, like you're drinking this master plant dieta, you're going into singing Icaros with it. And this is all drawn from the traditional uh, indigenous path of working with master plants. Um, so there's your there's your download on the master plants reader digest version, but that's not so much like what we're focusing on today. So in terms of preparing for the ayahuasca journey, um, this really uh, and it also not just creates that clear communication, but it really just gets us mentally and physically and emotionally and spiritually ready for this journey ahead. And I have found that when we really commit to this process, we we kind of just like start to communicate to our nervous system like hey we're making all these changes because something big is happening something big is going to happen um and it's just starting to kind of prepare that set you know our mindset our body set our emotional set and all these different things and i will say that this practice can be done um for any type of inner work working with other psychedelics working with other plant medicines i actually think this practice um is like a good uh, container or framework for a lot of work with non-ordinary states of consciousness. You know, whether that's with ingesting something or whether that's with, uh, we talk a lot about on this channel about um, breath work. So breath work journeys, whether that's holotropic breath work, shamanic breath work, transformational breath work, um, or even shamanic drum journeying from Michael Harner's um, The Way of the Shaman approach, right? So any non-ordinary states of consciousness work, this just really gets us into, once again, that mindset, body set, emotional set, um, all of these things. So before we go into what you can eat and all these things, remember that intention is everything. So we do want to take time to really sit down and write our own intentions, you know, not just for the ayahuasca ceremony, but for the time being that we're just practicing the ayahuasca healing dieta, right? And um, I didn't mention this, but I'm going to mention it. Um, 
it can also be done just by itself. I've made a video about, about that, that you could just do the ayahuasca healing diet, no microdosing, no master plants, nothing, and just this, and you could get a lot out of it as well. Um, so going back to the intention, um, setting our intentions and like what we want to get out of this preparation container or just this container that we're going to be focusing on um, for the time being, you know, whether it's a week, uh, two weeks, three weeks, I tend to cycle in one week um, cycles, especially when I'm at home. Uh, it's been quite some time since I've been to the jungle, um, but that was like a two month process with um, with a week break or like a few days break in between when I went for two months. So without further ado, let's just, get, you know, let's get into the juice or the thick of it, which a lot of people want to know, like, what can I eat and what can I not eat? And so let's just, just first talk about like, what is green light? Like, what can you eat? And so you really just want to think about nourishing foods. You want to start putting things into your body that are going to help you feel strong and really isn't interrupting that communication, right? So fresh fruits, fresh vegetables, whole grains, um, un well, we'll get to that in a second. Um, light you can eat. It's like a lot of people go no meat with this. I don't necessarily do that, but if that's your choice, you know, you can do no meat and you can do lots of legumes and beans and um, things that are just still going to nourish your body. Uh, we'll get to this later, but no tofu, no no processed, like because all of that's fermented and that interacts with the MAOI. So you can do chicken or like fish. And I usually tend to stick to fish like salmon or shrimp. Um, and we're, we're not so much focusing on this today, but there is a distinction here. Like if you do the ayahuasca diet within a specific traditional context, like for example, if you do it within the Shipibo context, it's a lot stricter and there's not a lot of wiggle room, right? But you're going to be doing this probably in the comfort of your home and you'll have lots of wiggle room and it's very forgiving and, and all of these things. If, if you don't know this already, I mainly educate modern Westerners on this path. So I always try to like meet people where they're at. Like, you know, strict isn't always helpful. You know, it's if, if you're at that level and you feel like you can go deeper with it, that's great. But I work a lot with like beginners and people who are just coming to this path. So, um, so yeah, that's like, that's what you can eat. So there's tons of things that you can eat. It's oftentimes like, there's kind of like, like, uh, like, oh, I can't eat this. I'm like, how am I going to do it? And there's a lot of stress and frustration that comes up with this process, but just keep in mind, like all the things you can do and all the things you can eat and remembering that the intention of it is to first and foremost, to honor your own personal intention, but also to create the clearest channel or relationship for you and ayahuasca. And a, and a good way to keep this in mind, or just something like an analogy, if we're busying our nervous systems and our minds with all these like stimulating sensations, like through spicy food and really sugary foods and really salty foods, um, then it's really hard to actually tap into the energy of the ethnogenic spirit. Okay. So that, that's like the main thing. We're trying to create the clearest and the cleanest communication possible. So let's get into the, some of the things that we want to just do less of. So we don't want excessive amounts of sugar. We don't want excessive amounts of salt. We don't want excessive, um, anything really, but like, you know, a lot of people we've talked about that on this channel too. It's like, I'm not a no like salt or no sugar person, but I'm also not like dumping refined sugars or like really um, processed salty food, right? If I'm having salt, it's usually like a couple, like, you know, a grinder of it on some, you know, cauliflower rice or jasmine rice or brown rice, you know, with, along with um, some tilapia and uh, some steamed broccoli. So that reminds me like, that's the whole point. It's meant to be bland. It's like meant to, I don't want to say like it's meant to be boring, but it's it's meant to dial down the stimulation from anything else so we can be open to the stimulation and make space for something else that's coming through. 
Um, we want to, I mean, obviously, but maybe not so obvious, no alcohol, no other recreational psychedelics or plant allies. Um, all the timelines are different from different websites that I've seen, but really, I really don't think that anyone, this is just my opinion, so take it or leave it. I don't think anyone needs to be doing like a ketamine session, like two weeks before their ayahuasca ceremony, because like, you got to integrate that. And then, you know, and then you got to do this, you know, but it does happen, you know, and there's no judgment. It's just like, give yourself some time and space. Like four weeks is what we want to look at at minimum in between different psychedelic trips and um, embarking on another journey with ayahuasca. And everyone's different, you know, so please just keep that in mind that this is a channel that tries to communicate to a very global audience. So it's very different once you kind of work with me on one-on-one -on -one and you're in my containers and that sort of thing. So just keep that in mind. Um, wanting to reduce um, caffeine. We already mentioned alcohol. I was about to say that, but caffeine. So caffeine, everyone has a different relationship with caffeine, right? So cold turkey isn't going to work for everybody. Um, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for my system. Um, but we're not like drinking excessive amounts of caffeine we're slowly titrating off of it as the weeks get closer and closer to the ayahuasca set. So, um, yeah, just really slowly, like, and really paying attention to, like, if I'm working with someone one-on-one, -on -one, we, we really get down to the milligrams. Like, what milligram of caffeine are you drinking now? And, like, how do we have to titrate that as we get closer and closer? Um, so, and nicotine and marijuana is, like, a whole nother topic. I know some of you are thinking that. So, I also do that with people is that, like, I've worked with lots of different like you know people are coming to transform and heal so people aren't always coming to the medicine right like fully sober and like all these things it's things are happening so but safely right safety wise we that's the first and foremost thing we want to be paying attention to and we just want to be titrating down off of these things if we do have relationships with nicotine or mother marijuana so so like a lot I'll just like I mentioned in the comments to somebody that I would take you through kind of like what do I do when I'm personally preparing for an ayahuasca journey, which um, it fluctuates. I do a lot of different things, but ultimately what I really like to do is like, I choose my meals and I stick to it. So I'm not like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this one day and then that one day and then this, because what this creates for me is something I refer to as, and it's, it's like a psychology term is decision fatigue. So my energy and my mental energy and my emotional energy is just getting pulled in so many different directions. So to just really center all of that, I say like, you know, oatmeal with some collagen protein and some blueberries in the morning. I usually have a salad for lunch. And then in the wintertime, I have like this really hearty vegetable soup. So good, by the way. But in the summertime, you know, um, I've been sticking to like salmon and some sort of grain and vegetable. And that's like rinse and repeat. And along with that, I'm doing many, many other practices that we'll get to here in a second. Um, I didn't mention, I forgot to mention this earlier, but um, one of the things you definitely do not want to do, like this, this is what you cannot do um, is you don't want to eat anything that's going to be interacting with the MAOI, which is your fermented foods. And that includes like all like the delicious things, right? Like your tofus, your kombuchas, your sauerkraut, all these things that are so good for the gut. And we really want to stay away from them. You know, I would say it's, it's safe, like the best start practicing that two weeks out, but for sure a week out. And I think the sooner the better because the, you know, first of all, peace of mind, you don't want to be like thinking in your ceremony, like crap, like that tofu I ate a week ago, is it okay? You know, I'm, that's me, that maybe not be you. Um, so anything that's gonna interact with the MAOY, we just want to eliminate all of that. I just know it's all waiting for you afterwards. I often tell my students that it's like, oftentimes there's this um, very human attitude of like, oh man, this is hard. But it's, it's at the same time, like it's really, um, it's all waiting for you afterwards. So it's not like you're eliminating it forever. So just, just keep that in mind as well. You get to slowly reintroduce things back into your, your food dieta. Um, other things that are really important are just like 
avoiding anything that's overstimulating, any overstimulating movies, music, anything that's like gonna make you vulnerable in your psyche. Like, uh, I just watched, <laughs> I tried to watch like the first episode of Game of Thrones the other day and um, just to be like, what have I been missing out on? And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much violence, right? So we don't want that. We know Game of Thrones, <laughs> no righteous gemstones, any righteous gemstones fans out there, no righteous gemstones. Um, something that's light and if you want if you need or want to watch tv something that's light and comforting and not overstimulating to the nervous system whatever that is to you so we don't want these like imprints of these graphic images going into ceremony right because whatever's top of mind right it's part of the set and psychedelic work you know like we all have imprints from programming in our families and trauma and childhood which are very strong but then those subtle imprints too we just want to make sure like I really took care of my son. I, I, I protected myself. I talk about this on the channel a lot or my, the podcast too. Like we are creating a bubble. Uh, we are creating a birthing bubble, right? Because we are birthing parts of us. We're birthing our transformation. We're birthing your intention, right? So um, same thing with music, same thing with people, places, and things. Jobs, stress, relationships, set your boundaries. No one can contact you for this much time. Like doesn't need to be rigid, you know, but like I said, this is like a, it's a channel versus working one-on-one, -on -one, but just like, you know yourself best. And what do I need to do to protect this energy and really create the best internal environment to really relax into and receive this experience? Um, no sexual energy. So that includes like self-love to ourselves or, you know, creating love with, with somebody else. Um, and it's, once again, it's all stimulating energy. So um, we just really want to protect ourselves during this time. And it's all waiting for you afterwards. And even in this process, so much can come up, right? There's so much richness to integrate. Like, oh, that doesn't feel good when I let go of that. Or, oh, that actually felt like, wow, I feel empowered. I That was a lot easier than I built up in my head. Or there's a part of me that feels reluctant, but there's another part of me that knows I wants to do this. And so it's a very beautiful, when I'm doing preparation work with somebody, it's like, okay, the ceremony kind of has already begun because, right, our everything is a mirror, right? Our, our behaviors, our thoughts, our emotions start to mirror things and there's a lot of things that we can we can do with that um and so now kind of moving into the plan you know which is up to you like and when i like and this i have seasons and phases and stages but i'll just give like a like an example plan like um i i really like to make sure i'm doing uh breathwork journeys in my preparation so like once a week breathwork journey definitely daily journaling meditation functional breathwork like breath of fire wim hof diaphragmatic breathing I'm communicating to my nervous system through my breath. We are safe. We are calm. We are ready. And I'm showing it. I'm showing it through my breath. I'm showing up for the parts of myself through my practice. Um, if I notice I'm getting triggered a lot, it's like, all right, we got to take a beat. We got to pull back because we are protecting our energy. And like, you know, I've made a video about this, but your sleep, your water, your energy levels, you protect them. Like your stress levels protect, you know, other things that, you know, like, making sure you're doing some sort of movement. Like, I don't know what you do, but yoga, um, lifting weights, stretching, like some sort of cardiovascular, like hiking, connecting in nature, um, doing some mobility work. It doesn't matter. Like whatever feels good to just open up your body and to feel like, you know, cause number one, it's, that's good for us in general. Um, but like, we really want to engage in opening. That's why I really love the breath work because that opens up my energy channels to feel comfortable to like cathart, make noises, be loud, shake my body in interesting ways. Like, you know, and that really gets the rhythm going in the nervous system. So I don't feel, um, rigid, you know, when it comes to the day of, I feel very open, you know? Um, and it's not a perfect process. There's no, it's not like I've never gone into a ceremony feeling like, Oh God, you know, in fact, 
probably the last three I've had, I have felt like that, you know, but with all the practices I have, I could recognize that that's what was happening and to open myself up a little bit more. So yeah, so we kind of went over food, we went over behaviors. Um, it's good to kind of sit down and like create your plan. Like what, what do I want this to look like? And I really empower my students and the people I work with, like, what do you want? It's your body. It's your mind. It's your journey. It's your intention. It's yours. So what is it going to look like versus like prescribing? Um, I guess I don't like that word suggesting like, this is what is going to happen. So I really, in the dialogue with people is like, these are the suggestions, but what feels good to you? You know, and with the same caveat, if my client is texting me being like, hey, is, you know, is this energy drink okay to drink? Like, you know, the day before I'll be like, hmm, let's sit with that. Let's think about that. So uh, there's nothing wrong with energy drinks, by the way, um, meaning everyone has their own autonomy to make their own choices. But like, let's maybe switch to like a little bit more cleaner caffeine source if that's the true need and desire, right? Um, with lessening that, nothing too close to ceremony. So I hope this was helpful. I hope this is kind of went more into the food. I know someone was asking about that, but be sure to leave your questions, your comments below. Obviously this is a very um, diverse conversation and there's a lot of um, intricacies to it. Everyone's different. So would love to hear from you. And thank you guys so much for returning back to the channel and the podcast. I love it. Um, and be sure to check out all the links below. You can check out how to work with me. You can attend my breathwork workshops. I do have a monthly psychedelic implant medicine preparation and integration circle. And the best way to get in contact with all of that is just to sign up for the newsletter because that way you're notified every week about what's coming up, workshops and everything like that. So I will see you guys in the next video. Keep taking care of yourselves. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll see you guys next time.